four-point plan. Who's excited? I'm excited about the four-point plan. That's right. It's March 20th of 2021, and we are here to tell you about the four-point plan like we do every week. And this is episode 37. 37! I went and checked the internet so I knew which one it was. It's episode 37. No one can make fun of me for getting it wrong. It's episode 37. We're excited to be back to talk about the four-point plan. We were not here last week, uh, but we're here this week a day early to make up for being out last week. (laughs) We decided to come back on a Saturday afternoon. We're in the middle of March Madness. All the March Madness is going on. That's what... That's what guys checking out over here. Uh, but we're not talking about basketball today. No, we're going to be talking about the four-point plan. We're going to be talking about the gift of sobriety. We're going to talk about getting sober and staying sober and finding a life beyond your wildest dreams. And how do you do something like that? That sounds crazy. I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how you do the four-point plan. Number one, oh, you do it in 90 meetings in 90 days. Number two, you get yourself a sponsor and you use that sponsor. You call that sponsor every day. Number three. You get a home group, and you never miss your home group. And number four, you get a service commitment, and you find a way to be a service to the meeting that you love and that that has been there for you. You can only keep what you have by giving it away. So that this is the four-point plan that I'm talking about. I'm excited about. I'm a little worried because it says my internet is a little unstable. You guys, am I choppy? Am I choppy? Yes, definitely. Yeah, choppy. We can hear you. I'm definitely choppy. Don't you make good money? I mean, you, I remember when I first came to recovery, you told me if I stayed sober, I would have bills. Why don't you get a little bit of a bigger bill and get us some better internet? I got really good internet. I got the most expensive. There he is. Oh, it jumped right back into recording, right where we left off. Not only is JR, not only is JR unstable, but his internet is too. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> I went ahead and jumped on the hotspot so that I don't have to worry about the uh, the Wi-Fi. I can just go off my phone. So, All right. All right, cool. So let's keep going. We're talking about the four-point plan, right? We're talking about, you know, 90 and 90, get a sponsor, get a home group, get a commitment, right? This is important. Yes. Why is this important? Because people, in, uh, people with drug addictions and alcoholism, they do so much damage to their brains from using and drinking all that time, right, that what happens is they develop – amnesia that's that's what i heard about this week i uh, i met someone who, who was in recovery and they were like oh you guys are in recovery i was like yeah we're in recovery she's like oh i'm in recovery too i'm like are you really where's your home group and she, I, she, take a deep what? breath guy take a deep breath <laughs> guys getting a little uncomfortable she's take like, a deep breath what guy. it's okay do, do what now home group Oh, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, well, wait, well, wait a minute. I thought you you're in recovery. You like to recover. You're all about the recovery, right? Well, you know, I used to be, I used to be a secretary and I used to be on the committee and I used to sponsor people. I'm like, oh, why not? You sponsor people. You still sponsor people? Well, oh, no, no, I don't sponsor people no more. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you came up here talking about 29 years. I thought you came up here because you heard we was in recovery and you was excited to talk about recovery. And here I am, and I start throwing these words at you like home group and sponsor and commitment, and you act like I just started asking you the square root of something. <laughs> you're looking at me it's like a conversation. You're looking at me like you never heard. What? 
What's this home group? What's this home group that you're talking about? So this is what I'm talking about with the amnesia. Apparently, these alcoholics and these drug addicts, they forget what it was that saved their lives. They forget the gift of desperation. They seem the gift is worn off. You know, it's like if in, in 1984, someone got you an Atari 2600 as a gift, right? And you got the little joystick, it's got the little button on it. And you're over here yeah. playing Missile Command, and the little things are coming from the top of the screen. You're trying to oh, move the little uh, thing up there, stop the missiles from invading the planet, right? Is that Galega or Galaxy? Or was oh, it's yeah. Missile Command. Man. So you got this, right? And then the gift <laughs> of Atari wore off because now you got PlayStation where you got Grand Theft Auto, and my kid's over here setting hookers on fire so you don't that's have right. to pay them because that's on the PlayStation, right? And so now, they don't care about the Atari no more because that's old gift, a gift they got way back in the way back, right? <laughs> and so they don't care about the old gifts no more. So what we have here are some addicts and some alcoholics that don't care about the gift of desperation that they got back in the beginning because now they got other gifts, right? They got new cars, they bought a house, they got a relationship, maybe they got married, right? They got all this stuff and if you get enough stuff you might forget about the desperation that you got way back in the day you might forget all about the because you're so into the stuff what i get is i got people coming to me and they're like hey man i could stay sober because i got a job i'm like man i'm glad you have a job but it turns out i was looking through the history books and there are people that have had jobs that also did fucking drugs and drank alcohol and fucked up their lives. So apparently having a job ain't enough to keep you fucking sober. No. I thought, I thought you were supposed to, to give it away. You can't keep you have unless you give it away, right? Aren't you supposed to like show the next person how they did it? So I guess, I don't know, maybe that individual runs a really selfish program, but she doesn't want to show anybody how she got 29 years or him or them. I don't know. I, I was taught you had, to, you had to give it away. Yeah, but you got to know what you're giving away, too. Because chances are you'll get an idiot who'll give away <laughs> idiot knowledge. Oh, well, yeah, now I got it going on. I got a good job. So if you get a good job, then that's all you need. No, that's bullshit. That may be all that you need because you lots of gifts of desperation. And if I'm a gambling man, I know I'm not supposed to bet that somebody's going to fucking relapse, but I bet that person fucking relapses. I got CBD. Forgot about the gift of desperation, and they don't have a home group, and they don't have a commitment, and they don't have fucking meeting attendance. Dude, my sponsor's been been sober for what, seventeen years, eighteen years, seventeen, eighteen years, and he still goes to a lot of meetings. He got all over the Zoom shit, was going to meetings twice a day, three times a day, every day, because he could, because he had time. I come from the school of people who, if we have time, we'll go to meetings all the fucking time. You give me some time off and I'll go to some meetings. So I'm, I'm a big cantankerous right now because it's at the end of the, my schooling. I'm almost to the end of college, right? Uh, in three weeks, I got my finals for this semester and then I enter my final semester and it's going to be a short one, right? So I'm getting to be a little bitchy right now. I got a lot of <laughs> things on my plate. I got a lot of homework. Yeah, your resting right? bitch face on. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so I'm not able to go as many meetings as I'd like to. And I'm just grumpy as shit because I got so much hanging over my head that needs to be done. Um, 
But when I finished the last round of college, when I finished my bachelor's degree two years ago, I did 90 and 90. I had three, three months off from college before I started my graduate program at Pepperdine. And so I took that three months. And I remember I was at graduation, right? I had stood out in the cold and I had gone and walked across the stage, got my diploma. And I went out to dinner afterwards. And it was me and my wife, my sponsee and his girlfriend, my sponsor and his wife. And the six of us were sitting at a table. I think we were at California Pizza Kitchen. And I told them, hey guys, I'm declaring it right now. I'm going to do 90 and 90. And my wife looked at me and said, no, you're not. You <laughs> finally got out of college. It's time to take your time and devote it to me. And I reminded her, I'm like, honey, it's only an hour a day. You'll still have plenty of time to be with me. And, and when I do go to meetings, I feel better. And I know that by doing 90 and 90 right now, it's going to improve my life. It's going to improve the way I feel. And so I'm super fucking grumpy right now because I'm not going to enough meetings because of the, the college and uh, the internship and the full-time job and all that shit piled on top of each other. It's been hard for me. So I've been grumpy. So if someone comes along and says, oh, well, I got 55 years clean, now I'll go to meetings. I'm like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I just, I just been calling everybody fucking idiot lately because I'm, you know, I'm cantankerous. I'm a little wound up. But like I said, I'm like my sponsor. I'm from this school of thought that if I have time to go to meetings, I'm going to go to some meetings. I love going to meetings. That's my get down. Meetings is my get down. I got nothing better to fucking do. And I've been hearing a lot too at meetings lately that no one ever died from going to too many meetings. And you very rarely find someone whose life is all fucked up and they're like, oh, this is because I went to too many meetings. <laughs> That's not usually the story. Usually the story is I went to a lot of meetings and my life got better. The biggest thing that I see, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but the biggest thing I see when people are newly getting clean is this fear that they're not going to be taken care of, that they're going to end up having no drugs, no money, no place to live, no way to deal with the feelings of inadequacy and shame and guilt that come along with all that. And they're so terrified that they're going to end up homeless that they don't know what to do. They end up relapsing, really. I think that's the biggest thing facing most of the addicts that I meet. The thing is, is I had the experience. You had the experience. You had the experience. We've all been fucking homeless. And we all got sober. And we all took the steps necessary to not be homeless anymore. We, we went to school or we went and, and went to work and got a shitty job and got a promotion and got a better job, and got a better job. Like we took the, we did the footwork, right? We talk about footwork a lot, you know, and all along I had friends in the program telling me, Hey, JR, God wants you to have a better, a better life. God wants you to have a better job. God wants you to have a better car. God wants you to have a legal driver's license. God wants you to have food. You know, all those things that I thought I wanted that weren't coming to me fast enough, people told me, no, it's going to work out, man. God God loves you. He's going to hook you up. <clears throat> so I did what I had to do, man. I did the footwork, and the results were always in his his department. He was always in the, the results department. I was always the footwork department. So I did my job. I did the footwork. I went to meetings every day. 
I got commitments. I got serious commitments. I got H and I commitments where I was going to panels and speaking. I got uh, area commitments. I got regional commitments. I made sure I showed up. Even if I had a shitty car, I drove my shitty car to wherever the fucking commitments were happening. And I knew that I would get there because God wasn't going to let me break down because I was working for NA, right? <laughs> I was doing the program. I was helping people. I was helping. I was doing the primary purpose of carrying the message to the addict who still suffered. So I did the things that were required that I knew that God was looking out and making sure it needed to be done. And I did them, right? And everything worked out. Everything was always going to work out for the best. And I, I always knew that, man. I, I should never question it. <sighs> I didn't lose my gift of desperation. I never lost it. I still got it. So now people are like, well, I've been sober for a long time. I don't need to do Motherfucker, you need to do this. Yeah, I try, I try to focus more on my program than other people's. I mean, I, I believe that. Well, that's because you know, you're better than me. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, because. <laughs> That, you know, like I can only control the things that are in my life. I know that before I came to AA, before I did the four point plan, my life was a disaster. It was like I had no money, like I was owed everybody money, like I was in debt. Like there was this, I had no driver's license, I had no car. I had a car, but I couldn't drive it. You know, it was, it was just, it was, just, it was mayhem. My life was just chaos. And, you know, before AA, and, you know, then when I started going to AA, Everything started like shifting. Like my, I started rewiring my brain. I get my license back. You know, like I started being able to save money. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I need to do as many meetings as I do. Sometimes I still question if I'm an alcoholic or not. But I'm too scared not to to do it. You know, if because I know how my life was before I came to AA. Why would I want to chance on not doing it? And it is. I mean, it's not only just. You know, staying sober, but like the emotional, you know, my emotional sobriety and like trying to, you know, it's taught me how to, how to, um, taught me who I am and like things I need to work on and like these, these eye openers and like having to deal with things. And I mean, a lot of it is, I mean, all to all do because of the direct result of the program. Am I crazy, Sean? Did you go through those fears that I was talking about that I'm not going to be taken care of? I might end up homeless. I'm not going to be able to get a job. Did you have to go through all that shit? No, I didn't because my sponsor said leave it in the God and he he told me that he I, I trusted him and he he told me that things will happen as long as I put my sobriety first and I didn't really have any other option. I couldn't do it myself. So I I trusted what he said and he said just, you know, do your 90-90 and you know, get a commitment in every meeting and and um, everything will work out the way it's supposed to. I, I, he promised me and from from as of now he hasn't that promise has not been broken. Yes, cause I knew a guy, man, that he was doing the same thing you did. He was going to meetings every day and he was he was facing homelessness. He was he was coming up on impending homelessness. And so he went and he interviewed at this artist collective. And they were like, hey, we got a room that we can rent you and you can come and live here. And it's the rent's affordable and it's near all the stuff that you know. And he thought this is okay. But during the interview, he noticed that people there were drinking and people there were smoking weed. Right. But he was so afraid that he didn't really have any other options that he had resigned himself that he was going to move there. Well, he continued doing the next right thing. He kept going to meetings and he even shared about at a meeting about, hey, I 
found a place to live and it's kind of shady, but at least I'll have a place to live. I'll be okay. I'll keep going to meetings. And someone who was at that meeting heard him share and they went up to him afterwards and they're like, hey, man, <clears throat> someone at our house, everybody that lives at our house is, is sober. Well, one of our roommates relapsed and so he moved out. And now we have an empty room and we're looking to rent that room to somebody. Would you like the room? And then just because he went to the meeting, he shared about that, he moved into that room. And so yeah. like, that was an immediate improvement upon what he was looking at. And he still lives there. And now he's got a kick-ass job and now he's got a car. And like his life, it, he does what we do. And I'm watching his life improve, man. So and weren't the people, weren't the people who were renting the uh, renting the room worried that this guy would, you know, murder them or rape them in, in the household? Because I know another story about a guy who gave another guy a ride home from an AA meeting, and these other guys would give that guy a lot of shit because he drove him four hundred miles from a, a hey, meeting. podcast. You're not allowed to be vague. <laughs> you're not allowed to tell a vague story on the podcast. All right. Yes, I am. So Sean, <laughs> because that story, that story right there, sounded like your story. I remember Sean, somebody said that about you. <laughs> Sean was in a meeting in Las Vegas, right? And some guy was sharing at the meeting that he needed help. He was in a weird spot and he needed to get to Los Angeles. Well, Sean was there planning to leave that meeting and drive to Los Angeles. So we offered the guy a ride. Well, right. I told guys. Sean that that sounded <laughs> like the beginning of a fucking horror movie where a serial killer hitchhikes his way into your car and tries to kill you for five hours. And, 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 he got, and he just got out of prison. <laughs> yeah, and he just got out of prison. And, but no, but I, I didn't, it wasn't, I don't know. He was he was a, another brother and member of AA in the meeting. He was going to meetings. He needed some help. And I felt obligated as my responsibility to, 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 to help him out. And it worked I, out okay. I need some money. No, um, he didn't ask me. He didn't ask me for anything. He didn't ask me. Foot massage. I, I need yeah. you to help me out with the foot massage. I need you to take a nap and think of a happy place. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a brother in the program, and I need yeah. what's I need up, brother? Help. I thought maybe you could make me some duck larange for dinner, or some steak palm frites. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you're a chef, and yeah. I need some help with some good food. I don't have any good ve uh, vegetarian recipes. <laughs> you make me some swordfish for dinner tonight. To help a brother out because I'm making some swordfish. <laughs> I'm an AA. So you can help me. Hey. Sean likes to help alcoholics out, apparently. Yeah. Not with my swordfish. <laughs> Anyways. So how did it work out? Did the guy kill you? No, um, yeah, he, he tried to. No, I mean it was good. I mean, he ended up, <laughs> I, I ended up getting him into treatment and he stayed for a little bit in the treatment before he left, and he moved into a sober living down in Santa Barbara. And I haven't heard from him in a while, but last time I heard, he was still sober, and you know he's pushing forward. So, was that the same time that those people started disappearing in Santa Barbara? Exactly. <laughs> as long as I wasn't disappearing. Well, look at you. You got to pay it forward. You can only keep what you have by giving it away. All right. And I almost gave my life away to this man. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, some some people go a little further than others. Like, you're not going to see me offer my couch to a newcomer. You can come and sleep on my couch. No, I'll see, I wasn't the next day, and I won't have no TV. TV <clears> uh, 
I mean, if I, if, I, if I knew the guy and like he was like a frequent a frequent member of the program and like he had some hardships come up and like he's looking for a place for a couple of days and he had some kind of sort of plan, sure, I'd probably put him on my couch. But so you other, got a couch because I, I could use a place to stay tonight. You, I, could, uh, I don't know, for a couple of days just so I get on my feet. Now you're kind of squirrely. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> what about if guy, if guy needs a couch to sleep on, you gonna let guy on your couch? Yeah, I'd let him even use my razor if he needed to use it. Yeah, well. I, I let guy use my clippers. But he didn't guy, use them. Guy can use a good shave. He has a big giant fucking mole. He uh, used them. It's not on his face. A woolly mammoth growing on his neck. It's disgusting. <laughs> Yikes. That is ugly. I, I, I'm telling him, just shave the guy. Just shave it all off. Just to see what it, you'd still look like under there. You probably don't even remember. And then... Because you're disgusting and your face hair grows like crazy, you'll grow back in like a day or two. Hey, just because uh, you're bald, just because you're bald and jealous of people with hair doesn't mean you have to be a be awesome. Yes, it does. Uh, you guys are making fun of my internet and now we can't hear a guy. He's all frozen. No, he he's not frozen, he's just not moving. He's like a wax statue. That's just his face. He just leaves his face stuck like that for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I was saying, just because you're bald and you can't grow facial hair doesn't mean you have to be jealous of people that have hair and grow can grow a nice beard. You know. If I could grow a nice beard like that, fuck no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you look like Ted Bundy. Crazy Adams did have a beard. <laughs> he looked like Ted Bundy. <laughs> Ted Bundy was... A serial killer. Yeah. yeah. Fever with AA meetings. Sean would give Ted Bundy a ride. <laughs> Tell me your story. Tell me your story, buddy. <laughs> you need a ride, Ted Bundy? Here, you're an alcoholic. You get in my car. Yeah, and then you'll come get in my freezer. That was Dahmer. Huh? That was Jeffrey Dahmer. Anyways, it worked out. I mean, for me, anyways. It made me feel good. I guess that's all that matters. I helped the guy out. Uh, you know, I wish the best for him. Just like that guy. So the guy you said that they put up on his couch is the couch commitment. Now he's got a car and a job. And if it wasn't for being in that meeting at that place at that time, he would probably be in Skid Row, right? That guy wasn't on a couch. He said some or uh, the room. He said somebody offered him yeah, a room. He the room. So he's yeah. still running the room. And, and it's to a, this day? That's like a sober, yeah, it's like a sober collective. Like uh, yeah. everybody lives in the house. Just rinse uh, rooms. Didn't something happen like that with you too from going to a meeting? I think it was like about a ride or a car or a motorcycle or something. Or because yeah. you're going to the meeting, somebody heard you crying at the podium. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> they did not risk getting murdered by me. They gave me a free motorcycle. It was very cool. So <laughs> you with, with your with your recovery questionable. Here's a motorcycle at that point. <laughs> uh, let's see. I had. Uh, your arms are still uh, bloody. Nine months, I had about nine months sober. Uh, my motorcycle. What are you guys talking about here? What's the point? Work. My motorcycle driving to work had been uh, repossessed. And so I went to a meeting and I shared about it. And after the meeting, my friend walked up to me. He said, hey, uh, JR, I talked to you on the phone earlier today. I asked how things were going. You said they were fine. But here I come to the meeting and you're, you're all upset because you got your motorcycle repossessed. Why didn't you tell me when we were on the phone? And I was like, well, man, I didn't want to bother you with my problems. And he said, that's too bad because if you had told me that you had had your motorcycle repossessed, I could have told you 
that I have a motorcycle that has been sitting in my parents' yard up in the desert for the past year. And I could also have told you that I have a truck that I brought home from work today. And I could tell you that I have tomorrow off and that I was going to take that truck to my parents' house with you and we could get that motorcycle and then we could take it over to our friend, the Harley mechanic, and have him fix the engine, get all the sand out of it, and get it running, and that you could be back to work <laughs> tomorrow. Okay, see, okay. I get it. That's what I meant. If you, were, if you didn't happen to be at that meeting, if you were going to meetings, these gifts of sobriety wouldn't have happened. Yeah, and it was a gift. The next day, he picked me up in his truck. We went and got the motorcycle. We went to the mechanic. <laughs> mechanic fixed the motorcycle. You got the sand out. The next day. You got the sand out. Get, I was back to work the next day. I missed one day of work because someone in the program gave me a motorcycle. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing the way the program works. But there's a bunch of people that are so afraid that they're going to end up homeless that they end up just staying, like, put, not doing anything, terrified that they don't <clears> have any money, that they're going to end up homeless. And then they end up homeless anyways. In order to get the things that you need, you got to put in the footwork. I talked about this earlier, man. You got to do the footwork. You got to get them feet moving. Don't listen to your head. Don't listen to your heart. Listen to your feet, man. Your feet will save your ass. Your head ain't going to save your ass. Your heart ain't going to save your ass. Your feet will save your ass by dragging your ass to a meeting. Hey, did you know that today they're having a one-year anniversary celebration over at the Van Alden Park where all the alcoholics are getting together and celebrating? One yeah, year of having meetings at the park. Yeah, I saw that flyer. Oh, there was a flyer? I didn't even see a flyer. I just heard it word of mouth. Yeah, I got I got a flyer. Nice. So you go, I heard they're gonna have tacos and pizza. I no, I won't be going. Ah. Oh. You're gonna go? Well, I was thinking that the three of us could go, uh, because we're celebrities. We're the we're the host of the four point plan podcast. That would be I've been pretty telling good. everybody that the the host of the Four Point Plan podcast will be there. That would, that would be pretty badass, sir. Yeah, we could strut in there like fucking AA celebrities. What time is it at? Six? No, it's all day. They're having it all day. They're doing it right now. They're doing it later tonight. It's good. All day. All day, Mamma Jamma. They probably yeah. ate all the tacos already, I, I bet. Unfortunately, I have prior commitments my children to take care of. Uh, yeah, kids hate parks. Full of alcoholics? Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind taking them there, but I don't know. They might get kidnapped. You're right. You're right. A bunch of freaks. So you see, AA means serial killers and the lot. Little blonde haired blue eyed kids. Next thing you know, yeah, yeah. He gets a <laughs> disappear with an alcoholic of some sort. <laughs> Come here, little kid. Let me give you some recovery, little boy. <laughs> Guy, are you gonna recover your ass down there to the big celebration? Guy, guy does, guy says no. he doesn't go to the park. No, I don't. Um, I yeah. do most of the meetings on Zoom. Yeah, political conflict. And the meetings where I go to, my meetings are opening up back in person. Hooray! Political con, political conflict. <laughs> I thought all you alcoholics, you all loved each other all the time, like fucking hippies. Yeah, we do. <laughs> well, if you love all them hippies so much, why won't you go to the park? 
There's too many addicts there. <laughs> I just don't go there. It's not, it's not where I go to my meetings. Wait, do you got some schmagoo there? Is there some bad gaga there? What's going on, buddy? Are you trying to I, I avoid go, some situation? I go to my I go to my meetings on Zoom. Most of my meetings. Okay. Okay. And the meetings I go to now are getting ready to open up pretty damn soon. Okay, guy, guy. Okay. They told me they wanted you to be there. That's what they were saying. That you were going to speak there, guy. Yeah. I don't want you to speak at a meeting. They they go directly to the person and say, hey, guy, we would like you to be the 10-minute uh, leader at this particular meeting at this particular time. Is they that don't go why you to got the third person to tell him about it. Because they didn't ask you. They didn't ask you to be the main speaker. That's why you're not going? No, I was not planning on going. Who is the main speaker going to be? Is it going to be, is it going to be uh, Fast Eddie or, or it says, Stevie it says The heading, head, headlining entertainment, 2 p.m., Stevie Mac, Diary of a Crackhead. Three to four, Sober Souls, live band. 7 p.m., DJ and dancing with dance floor. 2 p.m., food and drinks. They got drinks. Huh. Meeting schedule, 9 a.m., big book study, 10.30, and a meeting. Wow. So there's only one meeting, but there's, there's entertainment all day. 12 p.m., end of the world panel, 6 p.m., quarantine but free. Oh, so they still have the 12 o'clock and the 6 o'clock meeting, but they got a big party going on all around. In between. It sounds like fun. If I was, you know, fighting They got dance floor, the guy. Maybe guy could get out there and shake his group thing. Go put on your leprechaun costume and yeah, you can dress like an asshole. People will love it. People love me. <laughs> what am I going to do? People love me. <laughs> I think I'd love for you to turn that TV off. What TV? <laughs> what TV? <laughs> Guy doesn't like to say anything that might be considered controversial. I think he's being a little safe. Being a little safe <laughs> alcoholic recovery. He doesn't want to ruffle no feathers. What's the matter, guy? What are you afraid of, buddy? I'm not afraid of anything. Is it because of your political party? No. I'm not afraid of anything. I don't know. I just want to know what you're, the hell you were talking about. <laughs> This ain't, to, this ain't the try to figure out guy show. This is a four point plan. Okay. We're not talking about any one of those points. <laughs> We're about getting your ass to a meeting. Half hour. <laughs> We're asking about getting your ass to a meeting. How are we going to get you over to the meeting? I go to five meetings a week. Wait, that's not 90 and 90. That's only like 70 and not. 60. I'm not doing a 90 and 90 right now. Wow. Now he's got a descending voice for sure. I'm not doing a 90-90 right now. Huh. Okay, guy. Guy, okay. Okay. <laughs> you okay, buddy? I hope this is in relapse mode for you. Have you called your sponsor today?
Uh -oh. he, he froze while he was smiling. Yeah, we terrified him with the whole sponsor talk. Damn. He's going to call me tonight at 8 o'clock. Oh, he's good. Your sponsor calls you? Service. We could meet up. We could all no, go. No, he was a newcomer that, that I talked to as well. My sponsor was at the meeting this morning with me. Saw him. And I reached out to a newcomer. Talked to him for about an hour on the phone. New sponsor? It was good stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm not his sponsor. You didn't ask. I just reached out to him. Do you, you sponsor people, him? guy? Are you still sponsoring people? Are you, are you taking right. new sponsees? It, our, our listeners want to know, can they ask you to sponsor them? I do sponsor people. Oh, nice. Sean, are you taking on new sponsees? If our listeners were looking for a good sponsor, could they ask you? Absolutely. Nice. All right. Well, I know a couple of ladies that would <laughs> love to ask you guys to sponsor them. Uh, I will uh, give them the email is a uh, four point plan with the number four, four point plan at gmail.com. Right. You can always check us out on the web, on the website at four point plan.com spell out the word for four point plan.com. You can find us there. We got podcasts every week. Uh, it's pretty good. If you click on the links, you can either listen to us on the radio or you can watch us on YouTube. We're there every week doing this thing, doing this four-point plan podcast. Uh, this week it came to you a little early because it's a Saturday. It was kind of a weird situation, but, you know, we're doing the best that we can to carry the message out there. And Listen, here's what I want to tell you. You guys can do this. You, you ought to do this, and it's it's worth it. If you do the four-point plan, if you do 90 and 90, you get a sponsor, you get a home group, and you get a commitment, you can get a better life. Don't fucking forget where you came from, though. Once you get clean and things start to get good, a lot of times what people will do is they'll get a new car, they'll get a new relationship, they'll get a new house, and they'll stop going to meetings and they'll stop calling their sponsor. And everyone I know that fucking relapsed started their story by saying, well, I stopped going to meetings and I stopped calling my sponsor. Don't ever fucking stop going to meetings. Don't ever fucking stop going, calling your sponsor. Because you don't know, man. You may end up fucking back in the spoon, right? You'll be back in the bottle, right? Be back out there giving head for crack, whatever you do. It's out there, man. We don't want that shit to happen to you. So stick with the plan. I love it when a plan comes together. That's what they said in the A team. I love it when a plan comes together and the four point plan always comes together because it's got you going to meetings, calling your sponsor, doing your commitment, and being a service of your home group. You know, do the four point plan. It'll give you a life beyond your wildest dreams. It took me from a homeless fucking junkie to a rock and roll star, to a fucking nine-time heavyweight champion of the world, to, to get a master's degree from a prestigious university. I got a life that I never dreamed of, man. I, I look in the mirror and I don't even recognize this dude anymore. I no longer look like the fucking junkie that used to sit in the alleys downtown in puddles of piss while I fucking shot up heroin and cocaine in my arm. I don't even resemble that motherfucker anymore. I got a much better life. And it's fucking cool, man. And it's all due to the four-point plan. I'll never forget. I'll never fucking forget where I come from. And that's why I'll never stop doing this, man. I'll never stop doing the plan. What about you, Sean? You going to take some time off? You going to go uh, stop calling your sponsor and go on the meetings? What are you going to do? Never. Try to stop calling my sponsor. He'll be at my door wondering why I'm not calling him. <laughs>
No, uh, no. Like I said before, I don't. I, I'm too scared to stop going because I know how it was before. It, before I start, started going to the meetings, and I don't. I don't want to go back there. And I don't know if it ever would go back there, but I'm not going to take the chance because I know. I know. I know me. Uh, if, I, if I step up, starts slipping away a little bit, a little bit more, a little more. So I, I stay as active as I can. I volunteer at central office now. You know, answer phones for four hours a week. Not many people call, but when they do call, it's it's always nice to to be there if I, if I need to talk to somebody. And you never forget where you came from. I hope not. No. As long as I continue to go to meetings, how can I forget? Because I'll, I always talk about it. Hopefully, one man guy doesn't forget where he came from. He keeps doing this program, man. He keeps doing a four point plan. Guy, you going to stick with the four point plan? You going to go try to start a five point plan? Maybe we get you a two point plan. What are you going to do? Fraction of a plan? What are you talking about? We're talking about again. I forgot. I got amnesia. <laughs> of course, I. I am doing it. I'm live. I'm living it. I'm going to. I'm not. I'm not doing a ninety and ninety right now. I'm doing five meetings a week. It's quite a bit for for me at this moment. But post a um, podcast. Post a podcast. It yeah, doesn't count as a meeting, but it's still it's still recovery based. Yeah, recovery's on my mind. I have frequent contact with fellow alcoholics and addicts. I have a sponsor. I go to go to a lot of meetings right now. Um, got a half commitment right now. Out of five uh, meetings. Yeah, I have a half commitment and a fraction of a meeting schedule. Fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. That that I web, share a commitment. I share a commitment with somebody right now. That email address is four point plan with the number four four point plan at gmail.com. Write in and tell Guy what you think of his plan and how he's doing. <laughs> we love to hear from you. Well, let's hear. Let's. I thought you said you weren't doing ninety and ninety right now either. No, no, I'm not doing ninety and ninety right now. I am weighed down, heavy with the schedule, but I'll be graduating in June and I'll be hopping on ninety and ninety in June. Right. But have you done a ninety and ninety before in your life? Because that's what a lot of people they they don't they don't want to hear that. They think that that we're full of crap and that we've never done it before. Well, I happen to know that the people in this room in this podcast, uh, Sean, Guy, and JR did over 365 and 365. Right. We didn't fake it till we made it. We made it till we made it. We went to meetings every day for a year. And then we went to some more because we knew that the real ones, the people that drank like we drank and the people that use drugs like we use drugs, those people end up dead or in fucking prison. I found out, Sean, you love this, man. I found out that the, the numbers on the opiate recovery, 3%. 97% of opiate addicts relapse. 97%. 3% get clean. We are the select few, man. We are a small goddamn percentage of the people that actually stop it and get clean and stay clean. And we're going to keep doing that because we're going to keep doing the four-point plan. So, yeah, if I get time, guy, absolutely, man. If I'm not in school, I'm in 90 and 90. I'm in a meeting every day. I fucking love that shit. One of the reasons I got so mad about us having to work through the pandemic was because I knew that a bunch of people in America were allowed to sit home and just go to Zoom meetings every day. 
I was like, those lucky motherfuckers, man. If I had been able to sit home during the pandemic, I would have been at meeting every day. I promise you that. I fucking love going to meetings, man. Meetings keep me whole. They keep me sober. They keep me moving forward. They keep me getting a better, better life. I know that I went from being fucking homeless, holes in my shoes, no place to go, to fucking, you know, living in a house and driving a new car and, and having a life beyond my wildest dreams just because I went to meetings every day. So, of course, if I can go to a meeting every day, I'm going to because I know what the results are. I know what the rewards are. I know what the benefits are. If I do this thing as much as I possibly humanly can, my life will continue to get as good as it humanly possibly can. So I'm going to keep doing it. I fucking love it. I fucking love all the rewards of recovery. And I want more. I want fucking more. I want to get more rewards of recovery. I want to get more recovery. No one can have more recovery than me. I'm like a fucking drug addict over here. I want to live more heroin. I want more recovery. You give me some more recovery and sprinkle some fucking uh, some spiritual connection on top of that. Maybe some fucking relationships over here. Yeah. Maybe some people that love me. Maybe some family. Right. Maybe some relationships with my family, my my kid, my my grandson. Yeah. That's what I want, man. I want to drive a car, man, that has a real license plate on it, not some shit that I made hard class, right? I want to ride a motorcycle that doesn't break down every three seconds. Yeah, I want to have some fucking good shit in life for the kid recovery, man. I want some friends who care about me and love me. I don't want to be all alone in the alley shooting heroin no more. I want to fucking life beyond my wild dreams. And I get it. It's a 4-4 clear, baby. Yeah!